Hallelujah. The fake football is over. Let's have the real stuff begin. Welcome to another edition of A Few Extra Bucks, your podcast here on pewterpirates.com. How about this? The Buckos, their first winning preseason since 2008. Back then, Roy Cummings was 15 years old. It's been a long time, Bucks fans, <laughs> as we bring in the crew. Roy Cummings, that stat is unbelievable to me. The Bucks' first preseason uh, winning record in over 10 years. And that is amazing. And by the way, uh, when I was 15, uh, singing the Hallelujah Chorus in church, so uh, <laughs> it's part of the church choir. So, uh, you know, so I got that going for me. But yeah, um, You brought it all together there. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, what how, what podcast is playing the Hallelujah Chorus? This one is, baby. <laughs> I'll tell uh, you what, man. Culture, culture always in this podcast, somewhere along the line, whether it's Bachelor Nation news. Oh, good Lord. You know, uh, Hallelujah Chorus, take your pick. So always something special. Exactly. Well, <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, you know what? When I heard that last night, I mean, it makes all kinds of sense because I was there for every one of those losing preseasons um but man, that, that that's incredible too you know it, it it sort of gives you a feeling you know what maybe uh maybe maybe things will be a little bit different than we thought originally thought with this football team it gets you a little bit more excited they they have looked fairly good at times uh through through the preseason here or maybe it's the most overrated stat in the history of sports uh one or the other yes one or the <laughs> other justin thomas how are you my friend like you said, Mike, I can't wait. Now the real stuff begins. That's right. You pulled down some Bruce Arians sound as uh, he wraps up his first preseason with the Bucks. We'll kind of have an overview for Bruce Arians as we head towards the regular season. This is our pre-preview edition. We're going to give you uh, predictions on the Super Bowl, how many victories the Bucks will have, maybe the uh, overhyped team in the NFL, the under-the-radar team. In our opinion, we're going to have more likely. So a little bit of everything, plus some injury updates in just a second, but let's go back to Bruce Arians, uh, you know, three uh, uh, winning record in the preseason for Bruce Arians and the Bucks. What did he, looking back at the preseason, kind of find out about his football team? Here's what he had to say. We found ways to win. And for a team to find ways to win is a great growing area. Uh, you could have easily found ways to lose. And uh, when we didn't, you know, the first game was really on me going for two. Early in the game, had we kicked out three extra points, we've been undefeated. So it was finding ways to win. You know, we kid, Roy, but they have a winning record. You want that winning attitude. How important is this for this Bucks team that have had all kinds of distractions with injuries that we'll get to in just a second? And, you know, just, just losing for so long. They bring in Bruce Arians. How important is it to have a, a winning record in the preseason? You know, if you go back and listen to our podcast uh, pre-preseason, um, you'll probably hear me say – that, and by the way, you should, because uh, it would be interesting to know exactly what we uh, predicted and what we were saying at that time now that it's over. But uh, at one point, I know I said, and I said this on in several of the podcasts, um, as well as on uh, some of our video hits on uh, pewterpirates.com, that with this Buccaneers team, for most teams in the NFL, um, the, the preseason doesn't matter because they know where they're headed. They know what it's just, you know, it's just an exercise. Not so with the Buccaneers. Winning mattered for the Buccaneers in this preseason, not because Bruce Arians is a new coach, but because there is a losing culture here, and it's got to change. And when you have a new coach, the best way to change that right out of the gate is win in the preseason. It's a small thing. A lot of those wins are you know, uh, dictated by 
uh, players who may not be here. You know, we had a big interception last night from some guys, and they're, now they're gone. But winning and getting that winning culture developed, uh, even in the preseason, for a team like the Bucks, who've done nothing but, you know, virtually nothing but lose over the last decade, that matters. So, and like I said, you, you go 3-1 and one in the preseason, all of a sudden you're thinking to yourself, hey, you know what, maybe this team's a little bit better. If you're feeling that way as a football player, you're going to have a little bit more confidence, a little bit more juice going into the real games when they start uh, next Sunday. And it helps if you get healthier. And I thought Bruce Arians, uh, after the preseason, said uh, he expects Vita Bay to be there for the opener. Would not be surprised. And Levante David will practice this week. So if they get those two guys back, uh, on top of the improvements we've seen in this defense, that bodes well for the Bucks too. Oh, it sure does. That that was, uh, to me, the best news that came out of uh, – uh, the, the, the press conference today was the fact that uh, Levante David will practice and he thinks Vita Vea is going to be good to go. Um, you know, I would still be a little bit cautious, particularly with Vita Vea. Um, again, big body, putting a lot of stress on him. Let's make sure he's ready to go 100%. Um, and I, I, I don't know this yet about Bruce Arians. He seems to be one of those guys who wants to push injured players out there a little bit uh, just to, you know, to show some toughness and, and, and just so that they can kind of get used to saying – or used to the fact that they're going to have to play uh, a little bit, uh, uh, you know, when they're hurt. And I get it, but, you know, we've seen as a result of, uh, you know, the way the pass rush has looked here in the preseason that they got some backups that can do the job now. Uh, we saw it a little bit again last night. So, again, no, another good effort last night. This is why you're the best in the business, Roy Cummings. Uh, we don't have the pre-show meeting that's very lengthy, but you give me the perfect segue into talent on this football team. We saw a lot of the depth chart, obviously, this preseason, the last four games. Here's what Bruce Arians says he kind of found out about his football team in terms of talent up and down the roster. I think when you look at the bottom half of our roster in these second half games, you saw a lot of talent. I mean, this team, like I said when I first got here, has plenty of talent. And uh, it when, when you go out and you win like that, um, it shows that the bottom half of your roster was, was quality. You know, you can say what you want about Arians. Maybe he's over-optimistic. He's never really down. I mean, he's definitely a straight shooter. But you feel confident when you hear him talk about his football team, no matter what the distraction is, whether it's an injury, even if a player struggles and he gets on him, he always ends, to me, on a positive note. And that was a lot of positive thoughts about his roster right there, right? Yeah, and, and it's hard to argue with that. Um, you know, let's not forget, uh, obviously, the, it was all second, third, fourth teamers last night winning that game for the Bucks and looking pretty good doing it. Um, defense had a big uh, role, obviously, the week before in, in uh, shutting down um, uh, the, uh, the, the Browns, and that was, again, second, third team defense in a lot of cases there. So um, they, they did. They learned about some players here, and some guys have really uh, – stepped up and shown that they can play uh, for this team. So, yeah, again, I, I think we have found out that this team is a little bit deeper in some areas than we originally thought. That's that's really the what I took out of this preseason more than anything. I think we knew they had some depth at wide receiver, knew they had depth at, at tight end. That was certainly confirmed. I think we found out that the running game, there, there's, there, there's some guys there capable of pushing um, – Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones, if they don't do well, and the defensive line and obviously the secondary as well, guys there who can who can uh, you know make things happen for you. 
No doubt about it. Well, let's get to predictions. Everybody loves predictions. Everybody loves arguing about predictions or maybe you agree. Uh, it's like lists today in society. You know, we want something that's short. We don't have a large attention span, a long attention span. Uh, let's get to predictions. And when you talk about the Bucks, I'll start with Justin, and we'll get the more likely, our, our fun segment at the end where we do three hypotheticals. But we'll bring back Justin, our producer. We like to go kind of a roundtable discussion here. But let's go up. Wins for the Bucks this season. Justin Thomas, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to go right down the middle. I still think they'll they'll be better than last year, but I'm still predicting around eight and eight, eight and eight. for the season. Okay, I'm writing these down. By the way, um, last year we were kind of all about right. We didn't say playoffs or anything. We didn't say winning records, but we were <laughs> we were about right last year when we made these predictions. Roy Cummings, what do you think? Well. Uh, Impressed with what we saw here in the preseason. Um, and I think early on uh, when I was asked this question, I was leaning towards five, six wins. Uh, didn't think this team was in a position to uh, really do much better than that. But now I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna ride uh, Justin's coattails here and say, uh, I think they can do eight and eight. I really do. And if you can go eight and eight, you can go nine and seven. And if you can go nine and seven, you can make the playoffs. I'm not predicting that. But I will say I think this team is good enough. I'll say eight and eight. Well, you guys are drinking the Vinny Testaverde Jr. momentum of winning the uh, fourth preseason game <laughs> Kool-Aid here. My goodness. Now, you know what? I can maybe – It ain't – let me tell you something. Let me tell okay. you something. What you got? My prediction is not based on, with all due respect, to Vincent <laughs> Testaverde Jr. It's based on what I saw of guys like Patrick O'Connor and Jack Sishi and knowing that, you know what, there's, there's some depth in that defense that maybe we didn't know about. And uh, when, you can, when you can cut a kid – uh, like Devontae Harris, who, you know, who, or a kid who, not Devontae Harris, but a guy who makes a, a who gets a pick for you in a game, uh, you must feel pretty good about your secondary. So, um, you know, that the kid Dennis got picked, so, uh, got cut. So, hey, I'm basing this on the fact that this defense looks better than I thought it was going to look at the beginning of the preseason. I like that, but what I don't like about the 8-8, eight and eight, and I would maybe lean that way a little more, you look at the schedule – and I wish they had more time to prepare for the Carolina Panthers in week two. I wish they weren't out of town for basically eight months of the year of the NFL season. I mean, it's ridiculous the schedule they were handed. <laughs> I think if they didn't have the tough schedule, I would say maybe eight and eight's a possibility. But I think the schedule's going to be tough. But, but let's remember this, though, guys. Last year we were doing this podcast, and really the whole offseason, everybody in the media was saying, yeah, but look who they have to start with. You got Fitzmagic. And, of course, they do well on that point. And then they uh, lay an egg the rest of the way. So it's always dangerous looking at the schedule. But the different dynamic with them being out of town, I think the injuries are going to mount up. I don't like not having Jason Pierre-Paul. Who knows when he's coming back, if he comes back. Guys, I'm saying six wins for the Bucks this year. I'm going six wins just because of schedule and the question marks at, uh, with all the injuries. All right, let's go Super Bowl predictions this year. And, and you guys can start. We could do NFC South. And then kind of branch out because obviously a lot of the listeners here in the podcast are interested in the Bucks and what goes on in the NFC South. But Justin, who wins the NFC South, and uh, who are your teams that are going to be in the Super Bowl, and who's going to win? I think the Saints are the strongest team, not only in the NFC South. I think they're probably the most complete team in the NFL. Uh, so I have the Saints winning the South, and I think Super Bowl. I think NFC championship will be saints and either Cowboys 
or Rams. I think Saints get redemption and go to the Super Bowl. They play winner of Chiefs, Patriots in the AFC uh, championship. Well, I think it'll probably be Chiefs. So Saints, Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And who wins? Uh, Bucks fans probably don't want to hear this, but I have to go with the Saints. Saints. Okay. Way to go out on a limb, Justin. Way to go out on a limb. Appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, Roy Cummings, what do you think? What's your trek to uh, Miami? Well, uh, definitely uh, picking the Saints in the NFC South. I, I do. I agree with Justin. They are the most complete team. Uh, I, I don't see uh, Drew Brees losing anything. Um, I just like that team a lot. I think they're they're poised to, to make a big jump. Uh, you know, even off of what they did last year, uh, they probably would have would have got. They were look. They they belonged in the Super Bowl last year and didn't get there. They'll get there this year. Um, I think. I think they're the best team in the NFC. Uh, and I think they'll face the Patriots. I, the Patriots are going to win their division again. It's going to be a cakewalk for them. They've got the, you know, they know exactly what the drill is. They know how to win, obviously, in the playoffs. And um, so I think the difference here is going to be uh, New Orleans. They're going to get there this time. And uh, you know what? They're going to win it. Well, it should have been last year, and it would have been interesting last year if that would have happened, if Breeze would even be back this year, if he would have retired after potentially winning a Super Bowl. You know, it's hard for me to ever, ever uh, root against, or not root against, but pick against the Patriots, just based on their track record. I mean, how many times have we said it? Oh, they've lost this guy. They've lost this guy. And they, they know how to bounce back. They know how to plug the gaps. I want to go, I want to be a little contrarian because if I'm right, I look like a genius. You know, I look like a dope most of the time anyway. <laughs> so if I'm a, you know, if I pick something different, I'll be a genius. How about this for drama? I think the Saints win the South. I think they, I think the Rams uh, are the second best team. They beat the Rams. And uh, a hype-filled game in New Orleans to go to the Super Bowl. How about this? I think the Saints are going to play the Los Angeles Chargers in the Super Bowl, and it's going to be Drew Brees getting to the Super Bowl, playing in Miami, celebrating the 10th anniversary of when he won a Super Bowl in Miami, the only Super Bowl in Saints history 10 years ago, and he beats the, the, his former team, albeit they used to be San Diego, and he outduels Phillip Rivers. And so Breeze has no decision but to retire after that one. How do you like that? I like it a lot, man. I do. I, you know, I, I don't, I, yeah, I, I like it. I, I think the Chargers can get there. I think they got to get there in a hurry. So, uh, or else Philip Rivers is going to be, uh, he's going to be done sometime soon. So, no, I, I like the idea of two, uh, two veterans like that matching up in the, uh, in the Super Bowl. That'd be great. I think that'd be a fun game. Yeah, they need Melvin Gordon back. That would definitely help San Diego. Yeah. San Diego. LA's, LA's uh, chances, that's for sure. All right, let's keep going. Let's keep this rapid fire somewhat. You're under the radar team, Justin Thomas, in the NFL. A team that, you know, they're not getting any kind of respect. They're not getting any hype. But you think they're going to be pretty good? Uh, we discussed this earlier. I might change up what I told you earlier. I think – a team I could see being much better than people predict are the 49ers. Um, I think Garoppolo finally potentially shows what uh, they paid him, what he's worth, hopefully what he's worth. Um, I think Matt Breida is a great running back. I, I think they make the jump. I'm not saying they're going to be amazing, but I, I think they're going to surprise a lot of people and be – very competitive in a equally competitive division. 
I like that. Uh, that bodes not too well for the Bucks, who opened with the 49ers in the first game. We'll see how that works out. But the, yeah, Garoppolo is, to me, an enigma. I don't really know what to think of him because, you know, he did some great things in New England, but then Matt Castle did as well. But, you know, he also did some good things before he got injured in, in San Francisco. So let's see. When he's healthy, he's kind of comfortable with Kyle Shanahan now, how that works out. Roy Cummings, what is your uh, under-the-radar team this year going into the 2019 NFL season? I'm going to go with the Seattle Seahawks. Wow. I, I, you know, you look at predictions with with Seattle, and it's a lot of them are, are not good. A lot of you know, a lot of people seem to think this team's going to struggle to play 500 football, and I just I don't think that's the case. Um, the excellent quarterback. I think the pieces are there. Good coach. I think they know the drill. Um, I I like the, I like that team a lot, and and I think you know, look, they're going to have some tough games. Obviously, Rams, 49ers, but. At the end of the day, I, I think they can beat those teams. I think, you know, I'm not ready to pick them as necessarily as my overhyped team, but I'm not so, so sure the 49ers are as ready to, to, to take, take the NFL by storm the way some people think so. And I don't know about the Rams. Uh, my concern with the Rams is, you know, th- that's a team that they looked an awful lot different in that Super Bowl last year than they looked at any other point in the, in the regular season. And when you can't run the ball in this league, uh, you struggle. And I'm not sure how well they're going to be able to run the ball. And you know what? Jared Goff, I think he got exposed a little bit in that Super Bowl, too. Um, if, if he looks at all like that uh, more off, you know, uh, on, on four or five occasions this year, they're going to struggle. So I think, uh, I think Seattle could surprise a lot of people. Interesting. Both of you guys go in the uh, NFC West for your under-the-radar pick. You know, I wonder with Jared Goff, if it, how much Sean McVay has made him a great player. I don't know how great he is. If it's a testament to Sean McVay, you know, obviously Jeff Fisher, he was a rookie. He was unproven. But, yeah, Jared Goff, the, the jury's still out. And I don't know how healthy Todd Gurley is, too. That's something to watch as well as we right. kind of move forward here. Uh, my under-the-radar team is a team that should have been in the Super Bowl two years ago, but then decided to re-sign a quarterback who, uh, according to former Buccaneer Chris Sims, is one of the worst ever in the NFL. <laughs> I think the Jacksonville Jaguars have a missing piece in free agent quarterback Nick Foles. I, I don't know why they re-signed Blake Bortles, even though they came close to get going to the Super Bowl. And Bortles had a you know a serviceable offseason, a postseason, wasn't anything great. But I think Fournette's going to have a bounce back year. I think the defense is in place to be great, and I think they ha- they don't have a lot of great receivers. But I think Nick Foles is one of those veteran savvy guys that's going to elevate the Jaguars, and it doesn't hurt that Andrew Luck retired, and all of a sudden that AFC South is up for grabs. So I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are not only the best team in the state of Florida, they're my under-the-radar team, and I think they make the playoffs. All right, let's go to your overhyped team, and we'll begin with Justin Thomas, a team that, uh, unlike the Jaguars, unlike the Seahawks, unlike the 49ers, they're getting maybe too much love. All right, while I'm tempted to pick the Atlanta Falcons for this, I have to go with the Cleveland Browns. I just am not sold on them coming out and shocking the world with how good everyone thinks they're going to be. Uh, I think Baker Mayfield's going to struggle. Sorry, Mike. Uh, I think there's too many huge personalities (laughs) on that team. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if Freddie Kitchens is going to be able to keep it together. Uh, I do think they will improve over last year, but I don't think they're going to be – the team a lot I've seen a lot of people predict them to win their division and I just don't see that 
Yeah, I, th- I think that's an interesting division because the Steelers obviously have some losses. The Ravens are you're still kind of rebuilding with Lamar Jackson, and the Bengals are an absolute mess, as usual. So I think that division is not as strong as it used to be. I think it's part of it. And then you get all the sexy you know, Odell Beckhams and you know all these great additions on defense, too. And that's a pretty talented roster. I just wonder if Freddie Kitchens, as head coach, I think uh, from a management standpoint, will be fine. But from an X's and O's standpoint, I'm not sure if Freddie Kitchens can make the adjustments. He's never been a coordinator in this league, and now he shoots up to being a head coach. To me, that's the biggest question mark with your Cleveland Browns. Roy Cummings, who is your overhyped team, your most overhyped team heading into the season? I'm right there with you guys. Uh, It's Cleveland for me. I I don't – you know, look, I saw them in this uh, game against Tampa Bay, and they did not impress me. Maybe it's just one bad game, but – I'm uh, I'm with Justin. I, I don't think that uh, I'm not a big I'm not, I'm just not a believer in Baker Mayfield just yet. Nice season last year, second time around. Sometimes there's an adjustment that has to be made. Uh, I think the defense has potential, but um, look, they, they they got a kicking issue. Um, they they could struggle to run the ball at times. I just think there's some and again rookie coach. I don't know, man. We'll see. Uh, but but I'm I just think everybody every you know the NFL is always looking for that cheap team to kind of come out and and look there's some personalities there in particular Baker Mayfield I I think this could be a lot of media hype I I still think the the Steelers end up winning that division and I think the Ravens could end up uh, being ahead of Cleveland at the end of the day as well yeah I remember a couple years ago the Sheik team was that uh, Peter Pirates team uh, the hard knock guys and we saw how that finished out Uh, my overhyped team are your Dallas Cowboys I, I I I think Dak Prescott is good I don't think he's great I think Ezekiel Elliott is a running distraction and will continue to be be that way. I think I just don't think the Cowboys are as good, and I think they have too many distractions. I think they're always kind of hyped up because they're Dallas, and how many times have we seen them hyped up and kind of let us down a little bit. So Dallas Cowboys are my overhyped team. So predictions-wise, Roy and Justin, 8-8 eight and eight for the Buccos. I go 6-10. and 10. Um Saints are going to win the Super Bowl. Roy, you picked the Patriots, right? No, I picked the Saints to beat the Patriots. Oh, you picked the Saints. Yeah. Okay, so, so we all picked the Saints, which is kind of remarkable. Maybe I that's a kiss of death for the Big Easy. And then uh, we have under-the-radar teams. Justin had the 49ers. Roy had the Seahawks. I had the Jaguars. And the overhyped team, you guys had the Browns. I had the Cowboys. Oh, Bob, we're not done. We're not done. Roy, uh, <laughs> Justin, you know what time it is. More likely, baby. You know, we don't just give you preseason predictions. We give you hypotheticals beyond the preseason predictions. It's uh, three hypotheticals. Our first more likely, now we're in a rhythm. We have this roundtable rhythm. We're going to go Justin, Roy, and myself. And I'm always at an advantage because I know the frigging questions and you guys don't. So uh, <laughs> I have to let our audience know that uh, you're working on the fly and I'm not. But let's let's keep this to the bucks off the bat. Um, it's a young football team. I'm going to take Devin White off the table, and I want a breakout star for your Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2019. Justin, you lead off. Uh, I'm going to go with MJ Stewart. I think he makes a huge leap in his second year. Uh, I've liked what I've seen from him in the preseason, and uh, I think it clicks for him, and he shows why he was drafted. 
I like that pick. MJ Stewart, you know, give him a lot of credit. Look at all the guys who were drafted in this past draft. Many say, you know, he wasn't a guy that could fit in the Aryan scheme, and he's had a great preseason. I, I like the pick. Roy Cummings, who was your Buccaneer breakout star in 2019? Yeah, I like that pick too. Um, but I think Carlton Davis is going to have a good year too in that secondary as well. But I, my pick is going to be – uh, and it, this, this may seem like a, an easy uh, solution or a cop-out. I don't know. But I'm going to go with Chris Godwin. Um, I mean, I think this kid is ready to – this kid could be a number one receiver uh, on a couple of NFL teams around the league. He's a number two with the Bucs, um, but I think he's going to make a, a lot of noise this year uh, in a good way. And um, uh, my, my number two pick on this list would be Ronald Jones. I, I think he's going to prove everybody who doubts him wrong – Prove, uh, prove himself worthy of that second-round pick. But at the same time, I think Chris Godwin's going to end up being a uh, – he's going to be a star, and uh, I think it starts this year for him. Excellent. I was going to pick Godwin, but I want to be different. So I'm going to go and, – and, you know, I don't know how you Buccaneer fans will interpret this, but I still think O.J. Howard's a guy that has so much in front of him. And, you know, it's funny in the preseason you focus in on a lot of players. And I think Bruce Arians, you know, he wanted to take the job because he's familiar with Jason Light – he likes Jameis Winston, but he knows there's talent on this football team. And when you look at the roster, I think O.J. Howard just jumps off the page as a guy who's not your household, everyday tight end. And I think, uh, you know, with Adam Humphrey's gone, he could really be a safety valve in a lot of ways for Jameis Winston. So I'm going to go O.J. Howard there. All right, our second more likely, you know, you look at breakout stars on this football team um, or bounce back guys. We just had breakout stars, but bounce back guys, I think uh, – the, the, the theme for the Bucs this year could be if. We've talked about that. So many ifs on this team. Uh, but they need some ifs to become certainties and guys you can count on. I see three guys who need bounce back years. More likely, uh, who do you think is more likely to be that guy? Jameis Winston, Vernon Hargraves, or Ryan Jensen? Uh, well, first I want to say I hope Roy is correct in his previous two picks because I drafted both of those players in – my fantasy football league. So that bodes well with Roy um, predicting them too. Like um, who were the three? Ryan Jensen, Jameis Winston, and uh, Vernon Hargraves. And I think those are guys who were, uh, have been up and down, and a lot of money has been put into all three guys. And the Bucks really need all three of them to step up. But out of those three, who do you think will step up the most? Ooh, that's a good one. I don't, I'm going to take Ryan Jensen off the board. Yeah. I do think Jameis Winston will step up. Um, who was the third? Jesus. Vernon Hargraves. Vernon Hargraves. Hargraves. That's right. Uh, I look, I've, I've been high on Vernon Hargraves injuries have uh, hurt him the last couple of years, uh, but I, I'm going to go with him. I, I think Jameis obviously has a potential to be better, but that kind of seems a little obvious if he does produce. I, so I'm going to go with Vernon Hargraves. I hope he does step up and uh, have a bounce back year. They need him, no doubt about it. We've talked about the MJ Stewart's and the Carlton Davis. If, if MJ Stewart and Carlton Davis can can bounce back and Vernon Hargraves too, all of a sudden this uh, you know big exclamation, big uh, question marks turn into an exclamation point. The Bucks secondary. Roy, who who out of those three is your bounce back Buck? Uh, I think it's going to be Jameis Winston. Um, I think a, a new coach with some new ideas is going to help him a lot. A couple of new coaches, really. I mean, you got Clyde Christensen in there as his quarterback's coach now. 
Bruce Arians. Uh, I think, you know, still a lot of talent. I think they're going to run the ball better. I think they're going to play better around him. I think that's going to be a real strong emphasis for this football team. And, you know, I think James Winston's going to going to benefit from all of that and uh, start to play the way he's capable of. And um, I think he's going to take some pressure off of himself and, and just go out there and, and play his, you know, do his job. Stop trying to, you know, win games all by yourself. I, I think he's going to do that uh, because it is a critical year for him. So I think you're going to see that happen. Um, so, yeah, I, I like that. Uh, look, I think Vernon Hargraves is going to be just fine. But what I see happening with Vernon Hargraves is I see a lot of teams basically ignoring him, uh, believe it or not, uh, whereas they used to maybe target him. But now I think they're going to ignore him because there's so many other young options to test in this Buck secondary. And I think for uh, a few weeks at least, uh, Vernon Hargraves is going to fly under the radar and not get a lot of attention from opposing quarterbacks and offenses. So uh, I think it'll. I think Jameis Winston uh, obviously going to have a, a big say in what the Bucks do. And if they go 8-8, eight and eight, it's probably going to be because James Winston's playing good football. No doubt. The thing I feel for Jameis Winston is the offensive line could be horrible if there's the there's the has like the if factor again. And I'm not sure about this running game, Roy. And I think he needs both of those to be successful. And I'm not, you know, going to bet my house on either one of those facets of this Bucks offense. Uh, <laughs> Vernon Hargraves to me sticks out because I think you know he was kind of on his way last year and then he got hurt. And I think all this adversity. And the, this injury has made him stronger. We've talked about in this podcast. I really respect Vernon Hargraves a lot. He's received a lot of heat, but he always faces the fire, never makes excuses, and seems like that kind of guy that's kind of mature beyond his years. So I'm, I'm kind of selfishly rooting for Vernon Hargraves. I've always kind of liked the way he approaches things. And, I, you know, he's heard everything. And I also think this Todd Bowles scheme, in terms of him being a press corner, is going to help him as well. So I'm going to put Vernon Hargraves as my bounce back. Buck. All right, our third more likely. Uh, we haven't really talked about the Andrew Luck surprise party that happened in Indianapolis since the last time we met. Uh, you know, a lot of people say, uh, you know, or not a lot of people. I hear some media pundits. Oh, I really wasn't that surprised. Come on, you were surprised. Everybody was surprised about Andrew Luck. But out of all the NFL players who we've seen retire in their prime, more likely, which was the most surprising for you? Andrew Luck, Calvin Johnson, Barry Sanders. Or Jim Brown, and I know you were a big Jim Brown fan growing up watching him, Justin. Oh yeah, let me tell you, yeah. way back in the day. Yeah, um, I remember when Calvin Johnson retired, and I was a little surprised by it, but not nearly as surprised as I was by the Andrew Luck, uh, his decision to retire. Uh, I, I saw people all of a sudden. The the way I found out was people were booing him at the game. And I thought it was because of how he performed, not realizing that they found out he retired. So, yeah, um, it w which was ridiculous. I a hundred percent agree. But uh, just the fact that how talented he was, a lot of people thought, you know, that he could have played just as well and done just as well in Indianapolis as Peyton Manning and to have, his career end up the way it did with all the injuries. And, you know, obviously there's something there where he just, his heart wasn't in the game anymore, but I still, even today, I, I I'm shocked that uh, he decided to go that route, but I also a hundred percent understand why. Yeah. I think what makes him unique is he's a quarterback. We've never seen a quarterback of his ilk step down at, you know, in the, in the prime of his career. So Roy Cummings out of the list, you have Andrew Luck, you have Barry Sanders, you have Calvin Johnson 
and you have Jim Brown. Out of all of those, which surprised you the most? I, I'm going to go with Calvin Johnson because, um, you know, I can understand why uh, Barry Sanders, you know, suddenly quit. He was on a terrible team that we probably knew wasn't going anywhere. Management was messed up at the time. Coaches changing all the time, it seems. Um, I think he got kind of fed up with it, knew he was getting beat up, figured, hey, you know what? Uh, things aren't going to change really for me. Uh, so that, it sort of made sense to me. Um, the Andrew Luck thing, same thing I, in terms of the injuries. I, I get Andrew Luck. Uh, he's been hurt so much. Um, I understand that. For some reason, it didn't surprise me all that much. Um, yeah, it really didn't. Not, not that I had any inkling that it was right. coming, but I think it, you know, I just, I just get it. I understand. I didn't get Calvin Johnson. It's like, you know, you got a chance to do something here. You got a, a great young quarterback, quarterback and Matthew Stafford. I, I, I thought he was, you know, primed and that team was, was kind of tinkering a little bit with, you know, better, better than 500 football and, and making the playoffs. And, uh, you know, he was a critical part of that best receiver in the game. I just, uh, that one, I didn't see coming. That one really shocked me. And, uh, the Jim Brown thing was really just a, just a tad ahead of my time uh, as well. I mean, I was around, but wasn't paying that much attention to the NFL at the time. Um, but uh, so I'll, I'll go with Calvin Johnson. That one just really shocked me, and I, I didn't quite understand it at the time either. Interesting. I'm going to go Barry Sanders. It's funny, all these Lions. <laughs> it's yeah. a common denominator here. Do we have, um, we have a, a yeah, common denominator here? Yeah, I mean, Barry Sanders to me um, – he had Walter Payton's record right in front of him, and I know he was frustrated, but it wasn't like he had a major injury. He was pretty healthy, too. All those guys are banged up to some degree. But to me, you know, he, he had it right there. He was going to be a Hall of Famer, unlike, you know, unlike Andrew Luck's not going to be a Hall of Famer. I think Calvin Johnson may be a little short of reaching the Hall. That's another, back to your point, Roy. I think if he would have had a couple more years, he would have been a certain Hall of Famer. Sometimes that doesn't mean as much to the guys as it does the media. But I think the one common thread with all these guys is you heard all the rumors, oh, he'll be back. Oh, yeah, he'll be back in a couple of years. Oh, there's more to the story. None of them came back. That was it. They left the game and they never came back. Do you think luck will ever come back? Because I got a feeling with him it might be a little bit different. Maybe there – I just think there is more to the story with Andrew Luck. But then again, I kind of thought the same thing with the other guys too. No, I don't, I don't think Andrew Luck is coming back. I, I think he looks at the situation and says, look, I'm beat up. I'm tired of fighting the injuries. Uh, it's what it's, it, it's, it's the way it is. It's how it's going to be. Uh, as much as I'd like my body to be a little bit sturdier, it's not. Um, I think he wants to be able to walk and talk and do everything. Look, there may be more to it. And, and I've heard what Tony Dungy said that uh, apparently Tony Dungy in talking to, uh, Andrew Luck said that, um, Andrew kind of, Andrew Luck kind of explained to him that part of it was that he doesn't think he's capable of being the quarterback he can be or needs to be to carry his team to the Super Bowl anymore. And because of the injuries, he's just maybe he feels he's lost a little bit. You know, I, I think we all just want to see – we don't want to see these guys leave. So our hearts and minds, you know, we think, oh, he'll be back because, you know, because they're warriors and this, that, and the other. I, I think discretion sometimes is a better part of valor. And in this case, I think uh, Andrew Luck thinks, you know what, I got a great chance to be a family man again. Uh pay attention what really matters. I've made the money. Um, you know what? I, I just, I, I want to be able to walk when I'm, you know, 55 years old and, and, and have my uh, wits about me as well. I, I think there's, I think there might be a little bit more than just the injuries 
maybe some CTE concerns, things like that uh, might be part of it as well. And thinking, hey, I got a family to take care of. I want to take care of them. Yeah, I think he kind of thought he was maybe over the hump a little bit too, and then he then he had something that happened in training camp again. And he's he's also the kind of guy, you know, if you, if you read up on him, if you get to know him, it's it's more than football for him. I mean, he's a very well rounded, cerebral guy. Not that other football players aren't, but he's even more so. And he seems like the kind of guy too to me. I mean, I think he loved the game, but I don't know if he was as big of kind of a football guy, even though he grew up in that family as some other quarterbacks that we've seen because he has so many other interests. So I wish Andrew Luck the best. Uh, you know, I'm not going to live my life through him or for him like some other people do. But uh, I was very surprised. But uh, some interesting storylines there with, with guys who retire when they had so much uh, left in front of them in the prime of their career. Well, Bucks fans, it's very good news to me if Justin Thomas and Roy Cummings are right. You will take 8-8 eight and eight all the way because if the, the Bucks are 8-8 eight and eight this year, Roy. Next year is only going to get better for Bruce Arians. They're going to have a, a, another draft and you know, have more salary cap space. This is a young football team that will gain some confidence. With this schedule and with the injuries and with all the young players, if Bruce Arians can get 8-8, eight and eight, he may get my vote for Coach of the Year. He, yeah, he probably would uh, get some votes for Coach of the Year if he can turn this team around and get him at 8-8. Eight and eight. I don't think there's any question. And, you know, again, 8-8 eight – you're good enough to be eight and eight, usually good enough to win maybe nine or ten. So, uh, you know, we'll see. This could be an interesting season for these guys. I think they, uh, you know, I think there's a good chance that uh, they, they could. Hey, you know what? Nobody mentioned as, mentioned them as their surprise team. But I have heard some people say that, that they think uh, they could be a surprise team. We know we know one thing. There's a lot of talent there. For whatever reason, the last two, three, four coaches, certainly the last, the last coach, couldn't bring it all together. Injuries had a lot to do with it, but... At the end of the day, he couldn't bring it together. Bruce Arians has a history of bringing things together. So let's see where we go with this. It's going to be fun. A lot of ifs. We'll see if those ifs turn into positives for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I will leave you guys with this. When you look at the NFC South, I think the X factor is Dirk Cutter because Matt Ryan had his best years with Dirk Cutter. If Dirk Cutter can kind of wave his magic wand in Atlanta and they get that defense back, you know, I know we all picked the Saints to win the Super Bowl, but watch out for those Atlanta Falcons. I know I didn't have them in my – kind of under the radar, but I don't think they are under the radar. I think they're they're kind of an enigma in a lot of ways, but I think Dirk Cutter could kind of be that X-Factor, Roy, before we head out here because he had some great years in Atlanta, and he's very familiar with Matt Ryan. I uh, totally agree. Um, I thought about them as kind of my under-the-radar team, but then, you know, most people think they're going to win nine, ten games anyway, so right. uh, probably get get in the get a wild card. So, uh, But the reason they're going to do that is, yeah, because, you know, they've got talent, and Dirk Cutter's back running that offense. So let's not forget – you know, when you got Dirk Cutter running your offense, you can pretty pretty much put in uh, put it down in, in stone that uh, you're going to have uh, at least a top ten team in terms of either yards or points. So uh, they're they're going to be dynamic, uh, Atlanta, no doubt about it. Dirk Cutter in Atlanta, Ryan Fitzpatrick just won the starting job in Miami. Ladies and gentlemen, what a difference a year makes. And we're going to have a lot of fun in the coming months trekking these Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll see what happens. We'll preview it every week here on our podcast. A few extra bucks. Please check us out on all the platforms. We're on iTunes, we're on Podbean, we're on Stitcher, we're on Spotify, we're on Google, and of course, subscribe to pewterpirates.com. The good part about that is absolutely free. For our producer, Justin Thomas, for our insider, Roy Cummings, I am merely Mike Neighbors. Bucks fans, fasten your seatbelt. The real stuff is here. We'll talk to you next week.